ever built your life around a promise? Maybe it was a promised job or a reward. Well, today we're going to talk about promises that built a nation. Thanks for listening to The Bible Brief. In the last episode, we talked about the initial seed of a promise that God had made. This promise was that an offspring or a seed of the woman would deal the deadly blow to the evil serpent, and yet the serpent would deal a blow back. This was in Genesis 3.15, and it's a promise that causes us to begin a search in the Bible story. We want to find this descendant of Eve who will finally defeat God's adversary. God isn't done making promises, though, and soon we discover that his plan is bigger than defeating evil. It's also a plan that includes the blessing and renewal of humanity itself. Today we're looking at more promises of God, and these promises serve to provide a framework for the Bible story from here on out. These promises involve three things, land, seed, and blessing to the world. So let's go. After Adam and Eve are forced out of the Garden of Eden— After several generations of humans, we find that the great promise of Genesis 3 involving the offspring of the woman defeating the serpent has not yet come to pass. Instead, we see humanity spiral into more sin against God. We see murder, conflict, and pride as humanity discovers the struggle of life outside the blessing of the garden that God had made. As the narrative continues to unfold, Humanity eventually becomes so bad and corrupt that God essentially resets humanity using the family of a man named Noah. But we'll talk about Noah in a future episode. In this episode, we're going to be generations past humanity's reset, and we land on a man named Abraham in Genesis chapter 12. Abraham is one of the top people you should know about in the Bible, so much so that if we miss Abraham's story, especially when it comes to God's promises to Abraham— We'll miss much of the rest of the Bible story. So let's begin. Abraham is a distant descendant of Adam and Eve and of the person we just mentioned briefly, Noah. He is a man who lived in some prosperity in a city called Ur. Ur was an ancient city, and the ruins of this city were identified in 1862 near a modern Iraqi city, where the famous ziggurat of Ur is located. A ziggurat is a multi-story temple where people used to worship their deities. It's like a three- to four-story square building with a big staircase from the outside to the middle of the top. Now, this deity of the ziggurat of Ur was the moon god called Nana. I tell you this to just give you a bit of a sense of Abraham's cultural upbringing before he gets swept into the story of God. All we know from the Bible is that Abraham lived in Ur— but describing a bit more from archaeology and history can hopefully be helpful to you. At some point, God calls Abraham out of Ur, out of everything that he had known, and away from his false gods. And he says some of the most important words to launch the rest of the Bible story. This is Genesis 12, 1-3. Go from your land, your relatives and your father's house, to the land that I, God, will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse anyone who treats you with contempt. And all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. This is the first of several promises that God makes to Abraham for the next 10-ish chapters of the Bible. And I'm going to give you a high-level shortcut to the basic contents of the promises of God to Abraham. 
and collectively these are called the Abrahamic Covenant. I won't get into the technical covenant definition in this episode, but all you need to know at this point is that these are unconditional promises of God to Abraham, and they're called the Abrahamic Covenant. These promises can be summarized in three words, land, seed, and blessing. First, we'll talk about land. God will give Abraham a particular piece of real estate, the land called Canaan. Now, in a deeper layer of our study, we'll talk about why it's called Canaan, but for now, we just need to know its name, the land of Canaan. Now, this land was and is located in the basic proximity of the modern nation of Israel. Usually, you can find a map in the back of your Bible that will give you a sense of where this is, and I'd encourage you to look there or simply to go to Google Earth to explore a bit. You need to know where this is in order to get a sense of where people are traveling to and from in the rest of the Bible, so it's important to have a little understanding of the geography. Okay, so the land of Canaan was promised to Abraham. This was the land that God showed Abraham according to Genesis 12, verse 1. The next part of the promise is seed. God will give Abraham many offspring or seed. That is, Abraham will have many descendants that will turn into a nation. One thing I haven't told you is that Abraham's wife, Sarah, was barren. She couldn't have children and hadn't had any up to the point where she and Abraham moved to the land of Canaan. That would make it quite a promise that God made to Abraham that he'd have many offspring, since his wife couldn't even conceive a child. Well, as is the case through much of the Bible, we see that what is impossible with man is possible with God. In fact, God begins to fulfill his promise to Abraham by allowing Sarah to have a child when she's 90 years old. This promise of seed or offspring is a promise that could only be fulfilled by a miracle. The third part of the promise is the blessing. God will use a particular offspring of Abraham to provide blessing for all the nations of the world. In Genesis 22, we see that this blessing involves a single individual who will, quote, possess the gate of his enemies, which is a biblical way of saying that he'll defeat his enemies and that it's through this individual that all the nations of the earth will be blessed. The Bible story unfolds from here with a ring of mystery. In what manner will this future offspring bless all the nations of the world? You should be noticing a theme here, too. Note that we're talking about a future offspring who's going to defeat evil. That should remind you of a promise we heard back in Genesis 3.15. This same offspring of Eve who will defeat the serpent is the same offspring who's going to provide a blessing to all nations of the world. So that's it. The three components of the Abrahamic covenant. The land, the seed, and the blessing to the world. And this covenant extended to Abraham's offspring too. God didn't just make this promise to Abraham, but also to all the descendants that came about as the result of the promise of descendants. The last thing we need to say about the Abrahamic covenant is this that this covenant forms the beginning point for a nation that's built upon these promises of God. Remember that God says to Abraham in Genesis 12 too, that I will make you a great nation. This nation is eventually called the nation of Israel, named after the grandson of Abraham. Okay, so land, seed, and blessing. Now that we've got that, we need to shift from here to something equally important, the response of Abraham to God's great promises. Abraham's response can be summed up in a single verse, and this verse is Genesis 15, verse 6. 
Abraham believed the Lord, and God credited it to him as righteousness. This is a monumental verse given its ramifications for life. Rather than doing something for God to have a repaired relationship with him, instead, Abram simply believes God, and that belief moves him to action. He left Ur to go to the land of Canaan. He sees his barren wife but trusts God's promise of offspring. Despite appearances, Abram believes God, and God responds to this belief by giving him righteousness. This should remind you of our prior episode on the main message of the Bible. Rather than something we do, faith or belief in God is the bridge between God and man. Abraham is a good representative of this. He simply believes God, and because of that, God gives him righteousness. We see this echoed through the Bible as God prefers not those who attempt great things, but those who humbly believe in God and God's power. So let's shift now to the descendants of Abraham. Abraham has children, grandchildren, and great-grandchildren, and long after Abraham is dead, his children leave the land of Canaan that was suffering from a famine, and they go to Egypt in order to get food. Due to the beneficial lifestyle and the land that they have in Egypt, they decide to settle there. Instead of the land promised to their forefather Abraham, they find themselves in a foreign land with foreign gods. In the next episode, we're going to explore the event that comes to define the nation of Israel for much of the rest of the Bible. An event involving plagues, judgment, battle, and miracles. See you next time on The Bible Brief. The Bible Brief is brought to you by the Bible Literacy Foundation, dedicated to helping people like you learn the Bible. Have you donated to the Bible Literacy Foundation? We'd love for you to partner with us so that we can expand our reach and grow. Your support means more people will have access to the life-changing story and message of the Bible. The easy way to donate is to click the link in the show notes to this episode. Alternatively, you can go to our website, BibleLiteracyFoundation.com and click donate. Thank you for making this show possible. Copyright Bible Literacy Foundation 2022.